I thought the horn was the human wing-dang-doodle. No, sir, chief. The main event, so to speak, is downstairs near the wallet. Ever seen soccer players line up to block a free kick? They ain't covering their noses, I'll tell you that much. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season four, episode 17, Spanish Fry. I want to warn everybody, there's going to be some dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're baked into the episode and we're probably going to repeat some of them. I mean, it's and probably come up with some of our own. It's true. I mean, you know, once once it gets in there, it's just really hard to get it out. Um, I feel like this is when you cut in Bender being like, "Woo!" Also, for uh, just a little peek behind the curtain here, um, we usually get a, a about one. That's what she said. Every two or three episodes, yeah. that have always been cut out. And we can't, we just can't cut it out this, this week. So, so yeah, just think of this entire episode as Ben's euphemism episode because the, the source material demands it. Welcome to Dongus country. (laughs) No, sir. I don't like it. It, Like you said that and I had a bad taste in my mouth, like physical bad taste. It was like, no. Oh, not great. I apologize for <laughs> putting bad tastes in your mouth. Through v- via sound waves. I still don't know. Science needs to at me on this one. Look, we're just two two dweebs talking about donguses for this episode. We sure are. There's no there's no, nothing that can be done about that. There certainly are no ifs, ands, or buts. But there are dongs. Specifically one. It's really only about the one. It's really just about the one. Just the one. I see what you did there, but I... I uh, wow. There's a lot... there. Listener, we, uh, we understand. Like, w- you have a choice. You can choose. I apologize for nothing. That's fair. Shall we just go ahead and get into it? That was a pretty small bit. Uh, do, you, do you not want to enlarge this bit at all i think you're doing it right now (laughs) i mean i i've got nothing else i this episode is about dick jokes and i can't i can't i'd have no other bit to do okay i i mean i don't want to spoil anything but there is also a scary door that really that's my favorite one but that's at the end of the episode what if for this episode we were just like, yeah, whatever, an episode happened, and then we spend 45 minutes talking, dissecting talking. the Scary Door episode. Which is, at most, 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can think of no better episode of Back to the Futurama. When, when Back to the Futurama ends, it's just going to be a Scary Door podcast where we talk about the Scary Door every week. <laughs> For some reason. Well, there are multiple episodes of The Scary Door. Yeah, there's like... 
I don't know, six. Something like that. There's yeah. not there's not many. Well, we repeat. Because it's you're in the weird dimension where the scary door and time doesn't mean anything anymore. So Spanish fry. <laughs> and people don't have faces or something. Look at that weird mirror. Um <laughs> so Spanish fry. Is is the dong episode? Uh, it starts out starts out with a, uh, a neat little beatboxing remix of the theme. Yeah, we enjoyed that with uh, Bender interjecting some things time to time. It was really good. Um, but then the episode proper opens up at Duraflame Natural Forest. Uh, the 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 Planet Express crew is on some sort of camping hiking trip. Yeah, uh, the professor complains about hiking being a pain in the buttocks as he sits on a hiking machine. That is walking for him. I could use one of those, I think, for hiking. Okay. Because my lungs are not so strong most of the time. Sure. And like, I go on a hike and I'm like, all right, cool. I hate this. (laughs) I mean, I agree. I'm not a huge fan of the hiking. Although some of the visual uh, splendor you can find on hikes are very nice. It's true. I will concur with that, which is why I need a device I can just sit on and it it tromps along like a an ATST. That and you also get some added defense against bears. Hmm. You have metal limbs to kick them with now. I mean, I th- I'm just thinking it's multiple uses. No, that's fair. I'm not too worried about bears because when I go hiking, I go hiking with George Washington. <laughs> I I know the reference, but where that came from... I, <laughs> because I was thinking about that for some reason when he mentioned bears. Um, so we're just going to reference things on this podcast? Because I can do that too. It's that or tell dick jokes for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> and and the listener hates it all. Um, No, there's a... It, it's a internet thing about George Washington. Yes, and I just... I is, love it very much. No, I, I know the reference. I just... I wasn't anticipating it He's in the slightest. Six foot twenty, effing yeah. killing for fun. I'm in a weird mood tonight. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Uh, I wrote down Bender wrecks a bird's nest. He, well, it's because Fry thinks he hears uh, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. He's been sighted a lot recently by, I don't, uh, by by uh, you know, it's just out of focus People. and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, big, by, by by blind men feeling them. Bigfoot is Fry's hero. And also the celebrity that he most identifies with. I really appreciate <laughs> Fry identifying with Bigfoot the most. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, you know, anybody, Rick Moranis. <laughs> what do you, that, he was famous. He was, yes. He continues to be famous. Did, but, you, did you know that he has gone on to release a country album and an album of... Uh, really? uh Jewish comedy sort of uh songs. Last last I, I, I saw he had taken a step back to be a family man. Yeah, but no, now he does music. Wow. Um, his his albums are actually pretty good. I'm gonna have to check him out. Yeah. Alright, this has been the Rick Moranis See? Minute. See <laughs> it's not just dick jokes over here. <laughs> We're learning about Rick Moranis and we, his his albums. We are referencing all your faves. He's, George Washington, Rick Moranis. He's actually a surprisingly good uh, country uh, singer. Um, and then his one uh, that's more of a, a, a 
an album for the Jewish uh, population. Uh, it's called uh, My Mother's Brisket and Other Love Songs, okay. uh, which yeah. had a lot of jokes I didn't understand, but I had a friend of the podcast, Tema, listen to it, and she thought it was very funny. I will uh, probably listen to it and have most of it go over my head as well, but I look forward to it. They they set up camp, um, and uh, I wrote... I wrote the note, Bender is hammocking himself, Yeah, I turned it into a verb. No, that's it's fair. He's, like, tied his... I, first off, I don't know how he's done it, but he's definitely, t- like, he's tied his legs and arms to different trees, and he's just, he's being a hammock. He's hammocking. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoidberg definitely comes out there and says, uh, would you like to join me and Hermes for some little Just Friends spooning? I also like that he does the air quotes yeah. when he says just friends spooning, which is funny for two reasons. One, because he's doing air quotes. And two, it's because he's doing air quotes. <laughs> because how do you do air quotes with claws? <coughs> that's that's fair. Also, let's let's not lose sight of the just friends spooning. Oh, I have not lost sight of that, my friend. Uh, yeah, because it is it's a thought. So they take a trip over to the ranger station, um, and uh, they are introduced to Ranger Park, the park ranger, uh, which... It's hard to forget. This episode has so many weird throwaway, like... Yes. It's just a thing they mention, and then never even talk about again. Mm-hmm. The park ranger's name is Ranger Park. It's it's I mean, it's a, a good, weird it's a weird episode. It's a it's a yes, that is a, a true statement. But it, it that is like the things that they throw air like here's a joke that we did in the writers room and got tired of in 45 seconds. That's about enough time for this joke to live. Uh, we're done now. I mean, so and here I mean, here's a thought though because okay. this is this is the second to last episode of the original run. Yes. They were pretty sure they weren't going to get another season after this, and right. they were uh, correct in a sense that the original run ended. Right. I feel like this was their chance to just be like, hey, guys, let's do a lot of weird stuff. Let's devote an entire episode about Fry's Lower Horn. No, you're right. That's Now that I say it like that, yeah, it does sound like it's like, here's all the weird stuff we couldn't figure out how to use in anything else. Go, go, go. Uh-huh. Um, so they watch a film called Bigfoot Endangered Mystery, (laughs) which I really, which I really enjoy because the, the narrator is, uh, never specifies that Bigfoot exists or doesn't exist. He's hedging every time. It's so wonderful. My favorite line is toward the end where, um, he's like, Bigfoot is a crucial part of the ecosystem if he exists. Like... How do you know he's a crucial part of the <laughs> ecosystem if you don't even know he exists? Um, I also I also really like the line, Bigfoot populations require vast amounts of land to remain elusive in. They also bound in thick fog or out-of-focus areas. <laughs> like the concept that an area can be out of focus. I love it. I, I love the visuals too because you it definitely shows like foggy and then an out of focus rock. Hmm. It's just tremendous. This little like uh, educational film just just great. It's very. I don't know that I'd call it really <laughs> educational. No, but um, I mean, but it's it educationally great. styled. Yes, Bender starts messing with the park ranger a lot. Yeah, Bender's just kind of being. Bender. I mean, Bender's on vacation. What, what would you expect him to do when he's on vacation? 
mess with people and make exactly. make na- make dick jokes. Exactly. And boy howdy does he do both. Boy howdy. Fry asks the ranger why if they're not sure Bigfoot exists, why don't they just put hundreds of cameras in the forest and just videotape all the time? And the park ranger points out that most people who believe in Bigfoot are broke. Cuz that would be expensive. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. I have nothing to add. It's a pretty good joke. Um, Back at the campsite. Uh, well, I should point out, before we move back to the okay. campsite, I should point out that the park ranger is very, very, very obsessed with Bigfoot. Sure. Um, As we all are. Like the moment Bender's like, oh, look, it's Big Feet. Um, he pulls out a camera and an autograph an auto- pad. As though Bigfoot is going to autograph. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> great. Um, and I also just love that Bender calls him Big Feet. Yes, he always calls him Big Feet. Or later on, he says Big Face, which I also really <laughs> enjoy. Um, it's very good. Yeah, uh, Bender's kind of like uh, entire entire reason for being being on this trip is just to mess with people. It seems it's probably what I do on a camping trip. That's fair. Anyway, back at the campground now that we've. We've fin- we've exhausted all the things that happened in the ranger station. Uh, everyone's getting ready for bed, including Hermes and Zoidberg, who are definitely spooning. I also, <laughs> I also wrote. So okay, I should point out my notes for this episode were hastily taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and compared to a lot of the very dense episodes we've ha- we've had, this is not a dense episode at all. So my notes are very very light because this was like a vacation for me. <laughs> So I wrote okay. the following note. All right. That rhymed. I'm a poet. Ooh, <clears> you <throat> didn't even know it. Amy is naked. Bender is a bug zapper. <laughs> There's a, there, that, prose, <laughs> that prose definitely flows in a poetic way. It's, it's poetry, man. Yeah, it really is. Amy is naked. Bender is a bug zapper. It really um, gets to the point of what what life really is it does um and what why we're here in the universe but yeah amy is getting into the the tent she's sharing with leela and it's a it's a very it's supposed to be this like very sexy shot of like behind her and again again it's just sort of like this throwaway like and eh, whatever we're canceled anyways just get some nudity in there <laughs> it's fine I do like how in like a similar shot, uh, Leela is spraying her boots with like anti-smell gas, mm-hmm. which is a. I mean, she has sweaty boot rash. It's true. Which it's... I should also point out, we got multiple comments <laughs> last week <laughs> about about how uh, not last week. Um, we got multiple comments two weeks ago uh, when we did the, the Farnsworth Parabox where people thought that, uh, Lilo said she has sweaty boob rash, uh, which is an entirely different thing. Yeah. And one that I, uh, to be fair, I don't want either. No, it's true. Bender's like just hanging out. Um, he, mm-hmm. he's like, I don't need a tent, whatever. Even though Fry offers him some space in his little like pump pup tent that he's yeah. got. Uh, and Bender's like, nah, I'm just going to enjoy it out here with the elements. And then it cuts to a little later on. He is shivering and he's terrified and he hears wolves uh, howling um, and he he just does not want to be out in the elements anymore. 
Uh, he then says, uh, wakes up Fry by pretending to be Big Feet. Not Bigfoot, but Big Feet. No, this time, this is when he says Big oh, Face. Big face? He's like, big face. Fry, wake up. It's me, Big Face. I just, I love that I can't keep it straight either because it's so good. Um, so, so that, so Fry gets up brushing his teeth. I'm not, I'm still not <laughs> sure why this happens, but it's tremendous. He wants to be minty fresh when he meets Big Face. You know, you know, as you do. I would just, I would just like to go on record that a thing that I have said is he wants to be minty fresh when he meets Big Face. Um, so yes, he, he gets up brushing his teeth and runs off into the forest. Like looking, he's literally brushing his teeth as he runs into the forest. And yelling, big fart! With, with, with a toothpaste, a toothbrush in his mouth. And, uh, Bender steals his tent and does the dog thing of circling the bed until laying down. Which is, which is a nice little moment for Bender, I think. Now what I want to know. Okay. Is there a name for that thing the dogs do where they spin around uh, before they lie down? I, there has to be. Because, like... There when, has to be. Because when cats, like, push their face against you, that's called bonking, I'm so I'm told. So if, that, if, if bonking has a name... Right. What is the name of the thing that dogs do where they spin around in a circle a little bit before they lie down? I don't know, but I want to know. Should we look it up? All right, I'm going to look right. it up. Ben's Googling Corner has reappeared. And we are in it, friends. Ooh, some good typing happening. Because I don't know... I'm <laughs> what typing to call a lot it. because I don't know what to call it. <laughs> that thing that dogs do when they're about to lay down. I'm literally Googling right now. What is the name of the thing <laughs> that dogs do where they spin around before they lay down? So the best I was able to find is that uh, some website calls it... Um, dog circling behavior but that's not catchy it's not it's, it's not certainly, like bonking it's certainly not like bonking but i bet you could use that to jump off to another google search and go into a recursive bins googling corner alternately okay we come up with a name for Ooh, it Ooh, i like this what would what would we call the name of the thing dogs do where they spin around before lying down. Perimetering. Uh, I don't like it. It's, no, me it's, neither. It's, it's too, too much. much. Yeah. Well, I, I let me let me keep thinking because you know. Okay, it's cool. We've we've still got time in this episode, so we'll figure it out. We got this. Gleaming the circle. That sounds like a sex thing, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like it. So it's on topic for the episode. Um, Fry runs off into the forest. <laughs> Brushing his teeth. Uh, he's trying to find Bigfoot, and a flying saucer uh, appears in the sky. It's a big dramatic event. Mm-hmm. He uh, Fry is in a giant clearing with a no parking sign. And so, yeah, Fry's just like, oh, it's just a flying saucer. Hey, man, you can't park here. And then uh, this big tube comes out that looks like the Windows screensaver. Yes, um, it's so good. I wrote down Windows screensaver <laughs> tube. Because it's got to be a reference to the it screensaver, to be. right? Fry even says, cool tube. I mean, like, it's like that pipe screensaver. It super is. I love it. I love it's so it's one of those it this is this does feel more like the more and more we're talking about it, the more it's like, well, that joke was funny two seasons ago. Throw it in. I don't care. Let's go with this one. All right, uh-huh. let's just throw them all in. Yep. Pretty like much. This, like the fact that it's Windows and does the the screensaver, it has no re- like it's just funny. Right. And like 
Eh, throw it in. It's fine. Right. We've been doing heavy plot things about about um, Fry and Leela in parallel universes. We've been doing heavy things about um, uh, about like dogs dying, and it's super sad. We've been. You know what? Let's do an episode where Fry gets 100 cups of coffee, and then after that, window screensavers and dick jokes. <laughs> we've, we've only got a couple of episodes left, so... Why not at this point? Um, so yeah, it's like, the, it's like the window screensaver, the tube comes out, Fry gets sucked up into this tube, he, as he's going through this giant window screensaver pipe, he's like, why does your license plate say Probe 1? <laughs> it's so... It's just... It's this one is just a low hanging joke. It's just it's like well that that joke just kind of fits. Let's just use it. And uh, yeah, so he he it really feels like they just dumped everything in. He gets abducted by aliens, and then um uh the next morning back at the campsite, everybody's waking up, including Bender, who basically to get out of Fry's tent rips it to shreds. My favorite joke on this, it's such a dumb bait and switch joke, but like, uh, I love how Hermes is walking off with like, tossing around this roll of paper and he's like, I got to go do some business behind that tree. And then he pulls out an adding machine and the, <laughs> puts the paper in the adding machine and he's literally doing business behind a tree. It's really good. It's, it's, it's the classic bait and switch, but it doesn't work uh, if it's not Hermes. Right. It's so good. Um... And they're all like, hmm, where'd Fry go? Because Bender was in Fry's tent, but I don't see Fry anywhere. Uh, we then see from behind uh, Fry tr- like scrambling hurriedly back to the, the, the campsite. When he shows up, um, he's like, oh, guys, this scariest thing happened. And then like everybody starts screaming. It's like, well, hold on. It gets scarier, <laughs> which I love. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, he he's like, why is everybody so uh, uh so freaking out? Like, is there something on my face? And which like, is, uh huh, no. And then uh, yeah, we we finally see what happened. Fry's nose is just gone. It's like a gone flat space. Mm-hmm. Like no like blood, no no holes where the nose would have been. Just uh, smooth. So. <laughs> So no one really wants to tell him, and Zoidberg is is the one that heroically <laughs> steps up and tells him, uh, and he basically shakes him and yells at him, where it is, I can't say, but on your face, it's not. Well, and he, he even specifically is like, I have experience giving people bad news. <laughs> I know how to break it to him gently. I mean, he does know how to give people bad news, but poorly. Yeah, and then um, Fry tells his tale about how he got abducted by aliens. Um, and then they cut off his nose for some reason. Yeah, uh, Zoidberg suggests that they can get him a prosthetic nose. And at Planet Express, uh, the prosthetic ends up being Groucho glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny because everything he says is the saddest thing and everybody is laughing as hard as they can. Right. Leela's even like, I know you're trying to be uh, to use humor to get through this. <laughs> when he's like, my life will never be good again. Oh, man. Bender rushes in to tell him something on television, and they head in there, and uh, Morbo and Linda are reporting. Uh, Linda is reporting that alien abductions are happening with their victims returning with no noses. Morbo tells everybody that uh, basically what's happening is these noses are getting cut off because this so-called human horn is an aphrodisiac. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
uh, Fry Fry gives the line, I'm going to drop a barf, which is a, a <laughs> phrase I've never actually heard outside of Fry. Um, oh, no, but I like it. I, yeah. No, I like it. I'm going to drop a barf. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next note is literally just Neptunian smut. Because yeah, it's this is this weird Neptunian film where like these these two Neptunians are like, oh, our love is so forbidden, just like this human horn. And then they literally they take out a cheese grater and grate this nose onto her shoulder and he licks it off, and it's a super awkward like I agree with Fry. If I if I was watching that and my nose had just been cut off for this this disgusting practice. I too would want to drop a barf. <laughs> it's gonna take me a minute. Are you still still <laughs> Neptunian smut? <laughs> so Fry is very uh, disturbed by this Neptunian smut. <laughs> yes. I've now said Neptunian smut so many times it's lost all meaning. Um, Fry's very disturbed by this. I think I'm just laughing at it in a Pavlovian response at this point. And he decides that we have to track down his nose before some alien, quote, snarfs it and does the worm. I mean, he's a, he, he's a wordsmith. Uh, and then he's like, who wants to join me? And Leela <laughs> says, me and Bender and maybe Zoidberg if he feels like it. Yeah, I'm good. I do I do really appreciate that they're trying to include Zoidberg, but Zoidberg's like, no, I don't no, I'm good. He only wants to be included when he's not included. It's true. They head to the Galactic Bazaar and walk around the market. Uh Fry is is starting to get really upset because they've been to every scuzzy bazaar and they haven't found any human horn. I have a note here about the Galactic Bazaar. Is it that they're Gene Shallot bobbleheads? No, it's that they're literally roasting a car on a spit. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of visual things going on here. That's hard to describe. Um, yeah. I, although I guess roasting a car on an open fire seems to be pretty easy to describe. It's a f- weird visual. The what is easy to describe. The why is perhaps a little bit more difficult. The why is unknown to me as a mortal man. Um, they are like, man, we've, we've looked at every skeezy place here, even a pottery barn, just throw in shade at part. Look, when, when your TV show's about to get canceled, <laughs> throw all the shade at pottery barn. You can, oh, while just the at, getting's good. Just at pottery barn, particularly not just indiscriminately, but just, you know, target, t- target barn, pottery barn. You need to be taken down a level. Here's all the shade. Boom. Nailed it. Um, so they're about to give up, and then they spot a shop called The Beast with Two Bucks. It's a $1.99 sex shop, which is it's a joke that I particularly enjoy. It's very good. Mostly because I wouldn't want to go to a $1.99 sex shop. I know. In no world would I ever do that. No. They walk in, and uh, they say they're looking for human horn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say it so loud. Also, you're a cop? No. In fact, this guy's a criminal. Bender announces to everybody, stolen Pez, anyone? And everybody gets one. Mm-hmm. That was the best way to show that Bender's a criminal. And that's my favorite part. What, uh, the Pez. 
That's the thing that gets uh-huh. people to believe you. Well, see, because if he was a cop, he's not legally allowed to declare Pez as stolen if it's not stolen. I think you just checkmated me. Right? So, you know, if if he can he can be like, oh, no, I'm not a cop. And then, like, you believe him and then you go to jail for your illicit activities. But if he's like, you want some Pez? And you're like, yo, is that Pez stolen? He has to tell you if it's stolen. Oh, I see. It's entrapment otherwise. Right. So... Uh, that's how the law definitely works. Perhaps. <laughs> definitely perhaps. This is not this is not intended we, to be legal advice. We are not lawyers. The shop owner shows them some human horn, um, and none of them are Fry's nose. So he pulls out a picture of him with Slurms McKenzie and is like, This is the nose I am after. Um the owner says it's that customer records are confidential, but then Leela punches him in the stomach. So he takes them to the room where he has all the videotapes of everybody that's ever bought anything so he can blackmail them later. Porno dealing monster. What does he care what you think of him? Fair. Uh, So they load up the video and it turns out the lucky buyer of Fry's human horn is Lur, ruler of the Omicronion Persei 8. So they immediately fly out to Omicron Persei 8. Fry begs for his human horn back. And uh, Lur is playing dumb. He's like, why would I even need that? I don't even know what it's for. I'm a viral male. Virile, yeah. not viral. I mean, it could be both. Uh, I hope. I hope not. Yeah, hope that's not. the point. Um, he and Nadinda start fighting about like salads and weight and, you know, some real petty garbage. Yeah. Uh, Leela points out, y'all have issues. Good choice, Leela. That seems like a good thing to do while you're surrounded by guards uh-huh but it seems to work nadinda gives fry back his human horn leela reattaches it with an emergency face laser uh she also burns him directly on the cheek because she wasn't really paying that much attention which is a buck wild thing to say when you're reattaching somebody's nose to their face also what the hell is an emergency face <laughs> laser okay fair let's let's take a step back yeah that why do you have an emergency face laser on your arm do hickey i mean clearly it, it came in handy it's just a did you really think it was ever going to come in handy it's true it's more like a uh, deus ex emergency face uh laser i mean we've already established the writers are like we're on the way out who gives a damn she has an emergency <laughs> face laser to reattach his nose that was going to be used as an aphrodisiac for the omicronians none of this is actually making any sense also big face also big face (laughs) they are just about to walk out when bender is like i've got a question for you though why why use the nose instead of the you know wing dang doodle lur thought the nose was the human wing dang doodle nah man you ever see a soccer player line up to block a free kick they ain't covering their noses i can tell you that much i am really impressed at bender's knowledge about soccer (laughs) That's all I'm going to take from that. <laughs> yeah, this is this is where this is where the dick jokes start. Oh yes, um, we have arrived. We've arrived. Welcome to dick jokes. <laughs> Population you and us. Sadly, we're all in this together. We will get through it together. Lur is like interesting. The trousers conceal a t- a tiny secondary horn. And Fry takes some offense to the the use of the word tiny. Yeah, that's here. fair. Um, 
And then immediately, Lurter changes his mind and he's like, harvest this human's lower horn. They pull out this terrifying saw device. Oh, it's bad. It's very, very bad. Um, and then Fry's like, okay, you can have my nose. And he just pulls it off. He pops it off. It's so good. Fry is basically doing anything he can to get his lower horn harvested. Um, uh, Leela points out that their relationship has issues that Fry's lower horn can't resolve. Uh, <laughs> Fry's like, I'm usually the first guy to toot my lower horn. And Bender, th- I love that Bender spends the rest of the episode just being an obnoxious audience member because yeah. he's like, I'll say. Um, <laughs> and then Fry's like, but in this case, I don't think it's going to do any good. And Bender's like, that's what she said. Like yeah. just the entire rest of the episode. He's he's, he's just that obnoxious. I mean, us, basically. Yeah, he's us. <laughs> I like how you're like, he's that obnoxious audience. No, no, no. He's just us. Look, I'm I'm we've had a lot of fun here. I'm just I'm going to own up to it. Our whole friends group. Yes. Is my uh, wife is a master at this. Your wife is a master. At, that's what she said. Well, that that that's what takes you from being obnoxious to being fantastic when you're good at it. When you just throw it at anything that moves. That's when you're obnoxious. That's what she said. <laughs> I, I, I recognize what I had done halfway through that, but I couldn't end it. That's what she said. Look, usually we cut these out, so I'm just I'm reveling in the fact that we are canonically obligated to do it this episode. Also, editor Ben is really happy right now. Ooh. So, um uh, Leela suggests that they think back to what brought them together in the first place, um, which was Lur's tenderness, uh, which included nursing little tinkle bunnies back to health after he accidentally stepped on them. I also like the line, I only wrote that poem to test my printer. I mean, I've done crazier things to test printers out. You know what I always do when I, I want to test a printer out? I would like to know. Uh, I always uh, open up a document and write the... the uh, I write the sentence, this is not the greatest print in the world. No, this is a test page. (laughs) That's very good. Every time. (laughs) We got the giggles, my man. Sure do. It's all that Neptunian smut. (laughs) So Fry says, well, what if I helped you get your passion back without the hassle of mutilating me? Alila uh, suggests a romantic dinner under the stars. Both Lur and Andinda agree to it as long as they're not pointed at as the problem here. It's true. They sort of uh, blame chicken their way into this agreement. Yes. Uh, Fry gives the great line of, I keep my horn as long as you two end up doing the horizontal monster mash. I like it. Mm-hmm. And then Bender doesn't get it. But it is a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. Okay, I think we've done enough of that. <laughs> Just shutting that one down. Yeah, no, like, like I was only prepared to do the first one. Um, so back at Duraflame National Forest, um, they are having this romantic dinner. Uh, there's lights all over the trees. Mm. Um, it seems very nice. 
Uh, Bender comes up and asks them if they would like a boxed wine for the ta- for the edge of the table. Uh, Lur declines it, asking for water. Tap water. Uh, and Ndinda insinuates he's cheap. The uh, box of wine, by the way, is literally called Monsieur Carton. <laughs> I did not catch that. That's fantastic. Yep, I've never noticed that before either. But it was very good. The small details we get through this podcast are fantastic. Oh, there are a lot of small details around here. <sighs> <laughs> um okay so, it was good uh, it was good uh fry is the acting the part of the waiter but he's also in a cage on wheels yes and lure is like very mad already and just says fine i'm gonna go get the fry's lower horn and fry's like well, what about some bread some sexy arousing bread i do like sexy bread it's better than non-sexy bread it's true lure is like he says something about jerked something yes jerked uh, chicken yes he is enjoying the jerk chicken i think i'll have fry's lower horn jerked it's used to it <laughs> like i like that bender is at this romantic dinner making and, that's yeah, what she said jokes just yelling almost into the breeze just like i gotta make this joke i don't need a recipient i just need to make it lur is not really feeling the romance uh, and so he declares to ready the lower horn transport vessel, which is literally just a styrofoam cooler filled with ice. Uh, and Bender says, who knew a cooler could make a handy wing coffin? I don't like that phrase at all. I love this phrase because I have a story. Okay, go for it. I, I want to point out I do not like, like the phrase at all, but I'd love to hear your story. When I was in college. Good start to a story, usually. I had this friend who... Uh, he he he's a musician he he was constantly like starting up new like trying to start up new bands and get people like into bands with him and uh one day he's like man i'm gonna write a song what should i write it about and i just watched this episode so i was like i don't know what call it wang coffin okay okay so he for whatever reason latched on to this idea oh man yes and was like oh all right cool we're gonna start a band we're gonna call it wang coffin right and I'm we're gonna write a uh, I'm gonna write a song called Wang Coffin, and then he started writing a song called Wang Coffin, that was literally singing about a Wang Coffin. Yeah, I mean, if it's called <laughs> Wang Coffin and you don't you don't sing about the Wang Coffin, um, it seems like you're being disingenuous. I don't know if any recordings of that still exist, which is a travesty. Um, yes, um, a, a, it's a travesty, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that's the story of how there was almost he he wanted me to be the bassist in that band. The he wanted me you the bassist pl- for Wang Coffin. You could be the bassist for Wang Coffin, and you turned it down. I'm pretty bad at playing the bass, but you know for that Wang Coffin, it'd be fine. You know that looked good on a business card. Bassist, bassist for Wang Coffin. Oh, I thought you just say bassist, comma Wang Coffin. <laughs> that implies I'm a, a bassist and a Wang Coffin. I've said Wang Coffin so many times it's lost all meaning. <laughs> Neptunian smut, Wang Coffin. Um, anyways, Wang Coffins aside. <laughs> okay, that's really fun. Leela says, don't worry, I've got one thing up my sleeve. It'll always work. Uh, it's the most romantic song mankind has ever written. It's I, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Um, and she doesn't sing it good. I, you know what? I... I don't think it's bad. She puts her artistic spin on. I do not think she's singing it poorly. I don't think she's singing it well. Well, I didn't say it was good. 
I said it was it was above that. I would say that it's like I've heard people. She the Katie Seagal. She can really she can sing. And it's got like a more country flair to it, sure. But I it, mean, it's it's supposed to it's supposed to like not in in universe. It's in, supposed to not be good, but yes, um, but in real life, it's not bad. Well, it it reminds me of the Pinky and the Brain episode where Brain becomes a country singer, and sure. everybody's like, eh, "That ain't half bad. It ain't half good either." Yeah, it's half. Mm-hmm. But yeah, learn and then to uh, take this and uh, the humans are attacking in their perspective. They like recoil and like cover their ears as soon as possible, uh, and they just go ahead and decide to harvest the human horn as they as they escape. Bender pushes the cage down the mountain, which which he he yells, "Run for it, Fry!" and pushes it. It's wonderful. Fry rolls down the the side of the mountain, rolls through a campfire, hits a tree, um, and then my note says, "Fry escapes only a little on fire, only a little on fire," uh, but immediately Lur catches him. So he doesn't really escape, but he was only a little on fire. Fry does note, I never thought I'd escape with my doodle, but I pulled it out. And then Bender's like, just like at the movie theater. Woo! Don't want to know what happened in the movie theater at all. I know. I do not want to know. My next note says the Wang cutting device is oddly specific and terrifying. <laughs> yes. Because now it has two circular like ring devices with spikes that come out of it. And- Almost to like clamp down on it right and it's not the clamps it's it's a very like is it for someone who didn't know like for someone who didn't know yesterday yeah that this was the the humans ding, wing dang doodle it's odd that they have a device specifically designed to cut off a wing dang doodle um here's my thought how do you know it's not a a, a multitasker how do you know it's designed for the wing dang doodle Suppose it could cut carrots, carrots, or... sausages, mm-hmm. celeries. Okay, point retracted. It it may. It, I mean, certainly it it will work for a human horn. Well, depending on the size, it doesn't look adjustable. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's what the spikes are for. Like spikes come out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if what if the uh, circumference is wider than the? Well, I'm done talking about this. <laughs> I did not. I didn't know what my limit was before we started this. But it was the I circumference. Have, I have found it. <laughs> I'm glad I can help find the edge for you, my friend. And at this point, Bigfoot shows up. He he basically just starts th- pushing over trees. Um, Fry says, "I knew it. The Loch Ness monster's book was right." Which is a which is just a wonderful. I line. love the I love the idea that the Loch Ness monster wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I'd probably read that book. Yeah, I would too. Lur and Nadinda actually really like Bigfoot. It's They're adorable. Like, oh, he's he's adorable. Look at his look at his tiny feet. Which he then's like, I'm going to show you how terrible I am, and like stomps around and throws some some leaves in the air. I I like his show of aggression. It's very because good. it's it, yeah, it's very good and very adorable. It's like when you when you when you're when you're near a like a four year old and it's like no I'm really I'm really mean and like throws something on the ground and it's like oh uh-huh. you're just being super adorable right and then so uh, at this point Ranger Park the park ranger shows up uh, and he's like it's really Bigfoot and starts taking pictures um, and then he pulls out a gun and aims it right at Bigfoot and Lur is like you're gonna kill this wonderful creature 
gnome just gonna tranquilize it so I can cut off its feet to uh, to have the proof that he exists and then send him back into the wild. He'll be fine. Uh, Lur uh, disagrees and steps in front. I disagree. Well, that's, that's a terrible thing to do. No, that's fair. Well, I'm I I I didn't. Yeah, I didn't editorial uh, editorialize, so you're right. I also disagree with this plan. It's bad. Back to the Futurama does not condone cutting off the feet of Bigfoot or other uh, creatures mm-hmm. in general. You, I mean, they could just tag him humanely. E- either way, uh, Lur steps in front of the gun and says, you'll have to go through me first. And Ranger Parker's like, okay, and fires. But it just it ricochets off of Lur's tough skin and... Um, then Lur immediately vaporizes the gun, and then uh, the park ranger runs off after cutting off a little bit of his fur, Bigfoot's fur, not yeah. his own fur. That'd be weird. <laughs> um, you know park rangers in this universe have a lot of fur everywhere. It's true. Um, anyway, Lur then thinks about what he's about to do for to Fry and says, "Am I? if I do this, am I better than the park ranger? Yes, but not by enough. And uh, then having sort of shown that his his emotional side again, he and Nadinda start just making out. Yeah, they're about to go to town. Gratuitously making out. Um, Lur indicates that everybody needs to get to a safe 500 meter radius. I do not want to ask any further questions. I, I would be getting to that radius. I actually want to ask all the questions. I'm curious about this this uh, mating ritual that's about to, to happen. Um, I'm not curious enough to be in that 500 meter radius, though. Yeah, ask afterwards seems like the best plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, read some Omicron Percy I ate smut later to find out just how. Yep. Well, so joining you in reading that smut would be Bigfoot, who definitely like looks down at them and like, yeah, and then walks away. He it is a very satisfied like. Yeah, these aliens are gonna yeah. do it. Yeah, he's grooving on the the vibe. It's like that's a little gross, Bigfoot. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna judge what he's into. That's fair. And and the Omicronians certainly don't have any problem with it because they just are going to town. And then uh, as they're running away. Leela says, it looks like you get to hold on to your lower horn, and Bender can't resist that one last uh, joke. He's like, as usual. And then he screams, run away! Um, and then uh, we get a, a great closing credits sequence with the scary door for some reason. Like, they're just, hey, you know what we haven't seen in a while? The scary door. So they're like, we'll throw one over the credits, which lasts about 20 seconds. See, again, again, this is my theory, because it's like they probably had this scary door segment already prepared yeah and then they're like shoot we've got one episode after this and that one has to be a good one that one actually has to be a good one with some sort of closure and we don't have room for the scary door episode we're not getting another season let's just use the scary door episode over the closing credits on the penultimate episode it's like having a budget and the idea of use it or you lose it like if we don't use the scary door here we We lose the scary door Mm -hmm. we have to use the scary door it's also my favorite scary door it's a very good scary door it's my it's my favorite as well because he the there's a scientist mixing all the the chemicals and he's like i've combined all the the most dangerous parts of all the animals to make the most dangerous game and he pours it into a machine and then the machine opens and a got and a naked small man walks out and says it turns out it's man i didn't think he was that small i mean he's on the desk i thought it was 
I don't recall that. Like it's a small machine. No, I thought it was like behind whatever. And it's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's funnier if we don't discuss how big the man was. That's what she said. <laughs> Uh, and that <sighs> that means it's time for grades. So I think we've discussed this episode quite a lot. It's so many dick jokes, uh, so many human horn jokes. Um, it it really does feel like it's coming to an end, and it's like, well, if we don't get this joke in, we're never going to get this joke in. So right. so it's just like if it does have a feel of the kitchen sink being thrown in. And saying, uh, it'll go. It will fix it. We'll figure it out. It's fine. It's fine. Just throw this joke in, this joke in, this joke in. And I think it, it mostly kind of actually works. Like, you know, um, when you go to a restaurant or whatever, or a, like a diner, and it's like you get the garbage plate, but it's all things that somehow work together, even though it's just ends of things and things like that. I, I think it really works. Um, it's funny throughout. It's irreverent and crazy, but I, I really do love it. Uh, it's it's certainly not to the same level as some of the episodes where it you know you have character growth or you know anything like that, but it it is just it's a funny episode of this podcast or this this television show, and I really do appreciate it for that reason. Um, but again, because it doesn't have a whole lot of that kind of deeper stuff behind it, I think I don't know. I think I'd probably give it a B. I'm kind of I'm pretty much on the same uh same train of thought here um yeah like we said it's it's got a lot of that kitchen sink sort of mentality where it's just throwing jokes all over the place getting a little bit risque with with um you know just lots of lots of jokes about genitalia yes and um you know it's it's weird it's one of the weirder episodes we get mm-hmm. in in the original run i think yes but you know i'm kind of into it Especially because, so the the thing is, like, I mean, I, I, I've mentioned many times before, I like the heavier episodes, I like episodes that make you think, I like episodes with a lot of plot, I even like the really sad episodes, but you can't do that all the time. Right. You need the occasional episode where it's just like, yo, what up, we're gonna make dick jokes for 20 minutes, and then we're gone. Like, <laughs> we'll we'll get back to serious stuff next week. Sure. I mean, um, it, it, this is a comedy television show. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it's one of my favorites, but it does, it does the job that it needs to do. Um, and in that, I think it's, it's very good. I do find it funny. There are a couple, I think it takes, my biggest complaint with this episode is I think it kind of takes a little bit to ramp up to where it's, it's sure. funny. Most of the like camping stuff, I'm just like, and eh, whatever. It's okay. But yeah, overall, I think I'd give it a B plus. Um, it's really fun and, um, you know, not super deep, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a nice little, uh, you know, a cookie. It's a nice little cookie before you get back into some of the deeper stuff that you have to, you know, you know nice, big, meaty steak. Sure. Y- you didn't come with me on that, but I'm okay with it. We want to know what you think about... This episode, other episodes, um, that's what she said. Jokes, Neptunian smut, Neptunian smut, o- Omicronian smut, any any kind of actually. Nope, nope, just those two, please. I mean, I'm fine with it. <laughs> this is when I'm glad you run the social medias. Speaking of all those social medias, you can contact us several ways. 
You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and send it to your friends. And we can really just all get down to the things that really matter. Like, that's what she said jokes. If your friend really likes jokes about junk... Send them this episode. Yeah, this is the one for them, I think. If they if they are not, maybe send them last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll trust your judgment. Send them an episode and see if you can get them hooked. That's true. Let's get, let's get everybody hooked on this dumb podcast. Until next week, uh, when we finish out season four and the original run. I, I, I am in awe that we, we've, we're, 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 it seems like we've just started this podcast, but we're already at the end of the original run. True. Although, don't worry. We will be back after. Oh, yes. We will be doing the movies and the, the Comedy Central run. Yep. So, uh, but until... You can't get rid of us that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. Welcome to the finals recap. This is the March Ocean Madness Minute. Let's find out how those scores went, Mike. Well, we finally got to the finals of the whole tournament. Dr. Zoidberg and Fry were locked into a battle of Kloplock. And this time, there was a victor. That victor was... Dr. Dr. John, John A. A. Zoidberg. Now that we know the winner of the, the tournament, let's do a quick check on the final predictions. Mike's prediction landed in 16th of 24, while Ben's landed tied for 22nd. Ben's joke bracket with Hedonism Bot landed in 18th place. It was my secret bracket, Mike, and it was supposed to win. It did not. The victor of the prediction pool was Alex's bracket, called Winner? He won by 9 points over the nearest competitor, 67 more points than Mike, and 99 more points than Ben. I did not do well at all, Mike. No, you did not. Congratulations to you, Alex. You will be receiving an electronic document that shows you're a Futurama expert. I have to go back and remember what I said I'd do for that, Mike. Whenever you get that, we we would love to see it framed on your wall. Remember to tweet at Back to Futurama. This has been the March Ocean Madness Minute. Thank you for voting and listening and coming on this journey with us. And let's wait till next year. Ride the walrus. <laughs>